Matthew chapter 14. We are just going to read the all-so-familiar passage of Peter walking on water. And if I had to give a, a title to this meditation, just to help guide us through all these scattered thoughts, it would just be this, because I really do want us to get the message, because this has been so helpful to me, and that is this. Eyes on Jesus. That's it. Eyes on Jesus. Whatever I say here, don't get lost in the details. The big idea here is eyes on Jesus. In a world of tossing waves and winds and storms, the thing that we need to remember, because we all go through it. I don't know what season you're in. Maybe you're in a season of calm and quiet and peace. Um, And that's wonderful, and you may be. But man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. So that means at some point in time, we will hit stormy seas. And it's important for us to remember when we hit those seas, eyes on Jesus. Don't forget that. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. He constrained them. He was forcing them. There was something going on here where the Lord was bringing them through this funnel of a path to cause them to go down this way. Perhaps there was some objection, I don't know. But he constrained them to get into a ship and go to the other side. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So here we have the Lord Jesus Christ, meditation all by itself. But it's interesting, always has been interesting to me, that Jesus Christ... God manifest in the flesh, the second person of the Godhead, needed to pray. He needed to pray. And he was often found in prayer, so often found in prayer, that people knew where he would be at a certain time of day. Judas knew this is where, this is where Jesus Christ goes to pray. It was so routine, not routine, so regular, so um, scheduled, that there he was, like Daniel, three times a day, opening his window to pray. And I trust it's like that with us as well, where our prayer lives are not so haphazard, and you just pray whenever we get around to it, or whenever we can squeeze it in here and there. We should make every intention, every provision, to seek God. Well, we have Jesus Christ here. He ushered all the crowds away because he had an appointment. He had to keep an appointment with his Father. And he went alone to pray. Friends, take it to heart. Make provision to pray. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Interesting. The wind was contrary. By the way, compare that with verse 32. 
where it says the wind ceased. So the wind here was contrary, but then all of a sudden, in verse 32, the wind ceased. That communicates to me that this is not just a freak of nature, just some accident, just, oh, they're having bad weather. No, this was something that was sovereignly ordained. This was something where the Lord brought this storm and the Lord stopped the storm. The wind was contrary, not by accident, and the wind ceased, not by accident. And in the fourth watch of the night, verse 25, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Imagine that. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. So here we have fear being introduced into this story. And straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Cheer. Imagine that. Jesus Christ coming to them and saying, Be of good cheer. Not just don't be afraid, but rejoice. It's me. It's I. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be filled with fear, friends. Jesus is with us. Be of good cheer. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now what would have possessed Peter to say something like that? None of the other disciples were uh, saying that. They were maybe quite happy. Oh, it's Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus. Okay. But what would have... We've got an open mic here. I'm going to... But what would have caused Peter to say, Lord, let me come out unto you on the water. Well, here's my first point of application, is that when we see Jesus, when we are in close proximity with him and in close communion with him, it causes faith in our heart to move. It creates action. It does. I can't tell you how many times when I have been with the Lord usually on my walks in the morning, and it has spurred me, not forced me, but compelled me in a very positive way to action. And that's what happens. Faith is not passive, friends. Faith is not just this passive thing that we're, we got our ticket to heaven and we're good. No, it's not like that. When faith fills your heart, it moves you to action. And that's why when you have these times of great evangelism and great revival, well, there is activity associated with that. It's not a passive thing. So when we're praying for revival, when we're praying for the Lord to flood our hearts, we're actually praying that the Lord will move us to action. Well, here's Peter. Seems like a, a, um, a crazy thing. Peter saying, well, I'm going to go out to the Lord. Well, that's faith. That's faith. And Peter answered, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. It was like as if that obstacle wasn't even there. He just had Jesus in his sight. 
You can just imagine. He's looking at him. He's looking at the Lord. He, his eyes are on Jesus Christ. They're locked on him. He's not looking at anything else. And he's gingerly getting out of the boat, <laughs> to the amazement of everybody else, I'm sure. And he's starting to walk his way to the Lord. It's just like, uh, of course I'm going to do this, because there's the Lord. And his eyes were right locked on him. That's the important thing, you see. Eyes on Jesus. His eyes were on the Lord. I don't believe he was looking around like this. I believe his eyes were just locked on the Lord. And as they were locked on the Lord, there was no fear. There was no sense of, this is impossible. There was no sense of, what am I doing? This is crazy. It was just, there's the Lord. I'm going to go walk to him. Okay? And so there he goes. Yes, but of course, but when he saw, verse 30, when he saw, there's your pivot. Oh, when he saw, his eyes drifted. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Of course he was. And of course you would be. Uh, don't criticize him. This is the first ever anything anyone has done such a thing. Uh, how would you have done? But the lesson is very clear. Don't lose it. As soon as his eyes came off of the Lord, onto the things around him, naturally, of course, he was going to be filled with fear. He had a moment of, what on earth am I doing? And friends, to be quite honest, that's how I felt this week. I felt rather overwhelmed. There was there was a moment, just one of these days, uh, you know, I, I just had this, I woke up to the fact, what am I doing? <laughs> what have I got myself into uh, with the whole thing with Bob Jones and the vault? And, you know, it's, it's, it's so, humanly speaking, insurmountable. And, and it was just one of these moments where I got my eyes off the Lord. And I got my eyes onto the, what does it say? The, um, the wind boisterous. Yes, and the waves. And it was not a good thing. Friend, when you are uh, attempting to do something for the Lord, and you believe your motives are right, and, and all of that, and you've been much in prayer about it, I am sure you will come to a point where, like me, um, you will one day wake up and wonder, what am I doing? What am I doing? Who do I think I am? Uh, you know what that is? That's when your eyes start to drift a little bit onto the circumstances. And I would encourage you, friends, I would encourage you, keep your eyes on the Lord and you will walk on water. I believe the Lord sent this storm. The Lord sent this storm to prove the faith of his people, of Peter, to prove First Peter tells us that uh, we go through these trials to prove what's inside our faith. That's what First Peter tells us. Romans 8, we hear about, um, or Romans 4, is it? We hear about Abraham. And he went through this, humanly speaking, impossible situation with Sarah's womb being dead 
and him being an old man. But it's to prove faith. Faith, you see, is what glorifies God. He staggered not at the promises of God, but was strong in faith. What? Giving glory to God. It gives glory to God when you exhibit faith. What do you say to that centurion? Jesus Christ said to the centurion, he said, I have not seen such faith. No, not in Israel. You see, what amazes Jesus? What makes him to marvel, as it says there in the text? Faith. And so the Lord sends the storm in order to try. It's like a, it's like a test. Because he stopped it just as easily as it started. And when we're going through that, keep your eyes on Jesus. And let faith flood your soul. One final thought here is that, you know, Peter failed, or he faltered. He faltered. And uh, he became fearful. The Lord is very merciful. Let's just remember, even when we're not faithful, He's faithful. His mercies are new every single morning. What does Lamentations 3 go on to say? Great, great is thy faithfulness. O Lord, unto me. Amen? Amen.